0: If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the Wealth Protection Diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors protect their hard earned wealth. To schedule a free 30 minute consultation with Sherry, call 775 786 5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. Now,
1: to welcome everyone to the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Today, I am joined by Mark Willis, who is a certified financial planner and a man on a mission to help you think differently about your money, your economy, and your future. After graduating with six figures of student loan debt and discovering a way to turn his debt into real wealth as he watched everybody lose their retirement savings and home equity in 2008, he knew that he needed to find a more predictable way to meet his financial objectives and those of his clients. So, Mark, I want to welcome you to the show.
0: Thanks, Sherry. Thanks for having me on.
1: Awesome. So you hail from Chicago, Illinois, and you have uh, Lake Growth Financial Services. And so I'm guessing that you work with a lot of clients. Uh, Both of us, as I said, are kind of um, not in the same industry by any stretch, but certainly with the focus of helping people protect their wealth, grow their wealth, and pass on their wealth. So let's talk about what's going on right now. Elections are over. A little bit of the country has calmed down a little bit. Not so sure about the financial markets. I know people are still concerned that are we going to have a recession? Are we not going to have a recession? You talk to a lot of folks. What is the feeling out there?
0: Well, thank you. And yes, you're right. I think uh, we we might be done with the elections, but we're certainly not done with volatility I believe that that's going to continue for the rest of our lives actually and I meet with I've had the great privilege of meeting with clients all over the country to have one-on-one meetings with them to build real wealth um that you know doesn't get vaporized just because someone tweets the wrong thing or sneezes on the wrong person uh there's a there's a long litany of strategies that are uh, available to folks that uh don't necessarily want to rely on things that they can't control I've worked with folks that are business owners real estate investors even NFL Super Bowl champions over the years. Uh, But most people I work with just want to have more agency. They just want to have more control over their life. Uh, They'll often sit down and say something like, hey, Mark, you know, I just kind of feel like I'm I'm, I'm a tennis ball floating down the gutter of life. And our job is to really help them move upstream financially and give them tools, tactics, mindsets that help them win in any economy.
1: Let's talk about that mindset, Mark, because... A lot of people, you know, they put all their assets in one basket, real estate investing or the stock market or in a business and in whole life planning. I mean, you look at every aspect. How are they generating income and so on? So, so let's talk about that mindset, because I imagine in a lot of these conversations, there's a chunk of education that has to occur.
0: That's right. Uh, Woods Hutchinson from the Saturday Evening Post um, 75 years ago or so said 5% of people think, another 10% think that they think, and the rest of the 85% of us would rather lay down and die than think. And that's unfortunate. I think that's what puts us uh, business owners in that upper 5 to 15% of us that are actually trying to think. We're actually thinking for ourselves. You know, when I first stumbled into adulthood, I had riddled around my neck, $120,000 of student loan debt and no real job to pay it off with and no plan to deal with my money. And that was a major problem. But the worst part was, Sherry, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was. And that's the problem I believe many of us have, uh, not just with our student loans and and so forth, but our, our overall businesses writ large. Case in point, we might have one asset, like a real estate property or our business, but that's just one asset, as powerful as that asset might be. And I'm a big believer in the business asset class. Um, many people also are just sort of told, again, we were told to get our 401ks, right? Um, our IRAs to invest in broadly diversified mutual funds, stocks, bonds, ETFs, emerging markets. They're essentially putting, telling us to put our eggs in 12 different baskets. And they, they call that diversification. But when I was a kid, there was a, a famous little you know campy movie called uh, The Princess Bride. Have you ever seen that movie, yeah. The Princess Bride? Mm-hmm. It came out a long time ago. There's a little quote where the gentleman says, uh, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> and, and I believe a lot of financial professionals use the word diversification without really knowing what it means. So I can have my eggs in 12 different baskets and feel so good about all my diversification that I've done there. But if all my 12 baskets, Sherry, are on the same truck, and that truck goes off a cliff like it did in 2022, what good did all my diversification do me?
1: Absolutely.
0: Didn't do me a lick of good. Mm -hmm. I need some eggs on different trucks. I need non-correlated assets is the fancy word there. I want something that provides for me an up swing, even when the markets are swinging down. And people used to think that bonds were a great hedge against market risk. But look at what's happened this year. Stocks are down 25, 35%. Bonds are losing money. Incredibly, you can lose money in the safe place called bonds. Mm -hmm. So we need non-correlated assets, things that are absolutely not only resistant to market downturns, but actually thrive with this high inflation that we're dealing with today. So that is one of our key, I guess, specialties at our firm. How can we not just become resilient against market downturns, but how can we actually become uh, stronger, anti-fragile as a result?
1: Well, and and also, you know, in a lot of these conversations, of course, people look at the macro world and go, oh, my gosh, this is all going to affect me. You, one-on-one with individuals or the family, are looking in their micro world, And so let's talk about the difference of that, because, you know, people are fickle. And so, okay, should I go and do bond? Should I go do stocks? Should I invest in real estate? Should I buy life insurance? What should I do? Because I heard that, you know, this is a good place to put my money. How how do you drill down to make sure what is right for me is actually right for me?
0: Mm, Yeah, boy, that's a really smart question. And that may be the question that more of us should be asking ourselves. You know, I, I think you're right. I think most of us kind of go through life with a backpack and it's empty as we get started in life. But over time, we're we're told there's that word again uh, to get the 401k. So we throw that in the backpack. Then we're told to get some credit cards and we're, we get that. And then we get some student loans and then we get a Roth IRA because someone told us to. Then we get some cryptocurrency because someone up at the water cooler said it was cool. And we just collect all this stuff in our backpack, which starts to weigh us down, and none of it is strategic or coordinated to help us achieve our goals. Uh, you know, imagine now like a handful of pebbles in your hand. Let's say you've got a handful of pebbles weighing exactly three pounds. So you've got three pounds of pebbles in your hand. And let's say you throw the, that that uh, handful of pebbles at a window. And like a, like a degenerate teenager, you're trying to break that old factory window, right, with that handful of pebbles. As hard as you throw that handful of pebbles, Sherry, you cannot, we cannot break that window because the the strategy is so dispersed. The energy is so dispersed. Now contrast that with a three-pound rock. We have a three-pound rock in our hands. It's one rock, not a thousand pebbles. If we throw with the same force at that window, it will smash the window, right? How is that possible? It's the same amount of matter. the The difference is focus. And so do we have focus with our financial vehicles? Do we have focus with what we want our money doing for us? Here's a free thing you can do. It doesn't cost anybody a thing to do this, but very few of us will do it. And maybe the 15% of people who are thinking or think that they think are gonna do it, and I hope that somebody out there will do this, and it's free, takes you five minutes. Sit down with a legal pad and write down, what do I want my money doing for me? And just write that sentence at the top of the page. Then start writing down verbs and adjectives Uh, try to avoid nouns if you can don't write words like cd money market account real estate keep all that off the page for now i just want to focus on functions attributes characteristics things like liquidity i want access to my money i want a good competitive rate of return i want to be able to see that money grow without taxes due i want to be able to leave that money to my kids totally tax-free i want it to be off of the radar of lawsuits if i ever god forbid got sued i want to be able to leverage it and collateralize against my money for any purpose and any reason and on and on it goes you know you make your own list of course but that would be a great place to start to actually start first with what do you truly want your money doing for you it's all starting with desire so you know whether it's life insurance or roth ira or crypto or whatever start with the function Uh, And let that begin to help you focus so you can break through your window to the financial future you deserve.
1: Yeah. One of the things I learned from a dear friend who was a financial planner many, many years ago is how many couples don't separate and write down what would you like your money to do for you, what are some of your goals, desires, and dreams, and then come back together and kind of match and prioritize the list. How important is that for relationships?
0: Oh, yeah, I'd say it's either going to come out on the front end or it's going to come out on the back end sideways, uh, especially with relationships. Uh, it, and I think the root of all conflict is unexpressed expectations. And that's true when it comes to your marriage. It's true when it comes to your business partner. Unexpressed and unmet expectations, I believe, could be seen as the root of all conflict. On the national stage, international stage, and right down to the marriage, unexpressed expectations. So what do you truly want? How about your spouse? What do they expect? Uh, Did they expect to have a tax-free retirement, and now you've got all your money in a 401k? It's going to be taxed in retirement. That's not going to end well. Did you expect to use credit cards like uh, they're going out of style, but they want to live debt-free? That's going to provide some conflict (laughs) over time. So starting first with uh, what you want and having those honest conversations, it's not easy. I won't say it is, Sherry, uh, but my wife and I, we would have our money conversations uh, in a public place just in case there needed to be some witnesses, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, With some ice cream to kind of cool things off. Yeah, so it it starts simple, starts small, and do things that you can – Fight the battles you can fight and win together and be on the same side.
1: Well, and and again, Mark, because you work with so many people, families, individuals, business owners, real estate investors. I mean, as with anything, if you don't have a plan and whether that plan is in writing or not, it has to be somewhere. It has to be in your head. It has to be written down. It has to be shared with someone such as yourself that works with a lot of these families to make sure that they're keeping a blueprint? Is it a, a loose, loosely written yellow tablet plan? What would you expect people if they were the thinkers and they want to do something and take action? Do they show up with this plan or is this something you have to pull out of everybody?
0: I think a lot of us have it innate within us. I believe that uh, drawing it out of us is easier than pumping it into somebody. Everyone else has a plan for your money. Sherry, realize that I'm sure you already know that, but our, our listeners might not realize that Lexus has a plan for your money, Disney has a plan for your money, TD Ameritrade or whoever you know Fidelity or pick your pick your company, right? They all have plans for your money. The question is, do you have a plan for your own money? Uh, because if you don't have a job for your money to do, it's unemployed, and it's going to go find work in somebody else's financial life. So if you can find a, find a time to decide what are the it's not so much the plan. I don't, I don't necessarily care what the exact plan is. It's more about the planning that makes all the difference. If you can tell me what your plan is for the next week, the next month, the next year, the next 35 years, that's, that's putting you on a path to success. It's the folks that don't have a plan that I'm mostly concerned about. Now, we, we can usually turn the ship around with a few really good questions, like just imagining. We're, we're great as humans at imagining. So what does is, what is your future self look like? How would you like to treat that future self? Five years from now, let's say that all of your plans came through and it was a success. What does life look like five years out? What are the mile markers to know that you made a good choice? Are you uh, in better shape? Do you have better relationships? Is your net worth a certain number? Do you have a certain number of properties with a certain number of passive income dollars coming in? These questions can help you uh, elucidate or make clear what you're trying to accomplish in the first place. No one likes climbing up the ladder against the wrong wall. It's uh, frustrating. It's a waste of time. So deciding first, hey, what, what is it I want to do? Where do I want to hang that uh, ladder so I'm climbing up the right wall? Uh, make sure that we're not climbing up the cliffs of insanity, to use another Princess Bride quote.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. When I come back, I'm going to pick up with Mark Willis, who is a certified financial planner, owner of Lake Growth Financial Services, based out of Chicago, Illinois. We'll be right back. The 2023 Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, February 23rd through 25th in Yarrington, Nevada, the hub of Lyon County. If you love teaching and want to make a difference in the lives of our young children, become a teacher at Community Services Agency. The number one focus is safety for our students and staff. If you are looking for a job in Early Head Start or Head Start, come on down and apply. Nataqua News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. Natakwa. Mark Willis is a certified financial planner, a three time number one best selling author, and the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services, a financial firm in Chicago, Illinois. Over the years, he has helped hundreds of his clients take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with proven, tax-efficient financial solutions. He specializes in building custom-tailored financial strategies that are unknown to typical stock jockeys, attorneys, or other financial gurus. As host of the Not Your Average Financial podcast, he shares some of his strategies for working with real estate, paying for college without going broke, and creating an income in retirement you will not outlive. Mark works with people who want to grow their wealth in ways that are safe and predictable to become their own source of financing and create tax-free income in retirement. So Mark, that all sounds fantastic. So one of the things I'd like you to share is,
0: How do you pay for college without going broke, since that seems to be
1: top of mind for a lot of people who have student debt?
0: Absolutely. And it's certainly been in the news lately. Uh, And whether or not the uh, forgiveness of loans start to come through or not, I I am uh, more interested in making sure that I have my own plan for being free from debts, et cetera, uh, for our clients. And my student loans have been paid off years ago, Uh, But I want to make sure that we're not waiting on somebody else to save us. I don't think that that's the kind of life that most business owners want to live uh, and most of your audience wants to live. Again, I think you can either be a tennis ball floating down the gutter of life, hoping and waiting for someone to pull you out, or you can begin to swim upstream financially. It takes more energy, but it's so much more worth it. And there's a lot more uh, benefit on the backside. So yes, the college cost is not going away, but the value of that same degree is going down. And there's lots of studies to back up what we're saying here. Uh, in the meantime, the question is, what uh, what is the best way to make any major purchase, whether it's college or real estate or pick your poison, right? A co- even a car. Any major purchase. The stuff that we're all going to have to do in our lifetimes uh, as a certified financial planner. It's easy for me to get sidetracked into small potato conversations. What are small potato conversations? It's easy and the average financial advisor would love to draw your attention to his or her wildly high rate of return that he got for you last year in the market. And he might say he got you an average rate of return of 25%. Wow, that's awesome. But let's take a closer look at this small potatoes part of the financial life. And then I'll come back to your question about college and other major purchases. Let's say that you invested $10,000 with this person and he doubled your money in the first year, 10000 would grow to what? $20,000, right? Yes. In the second year, you now have $20,000 and you stick with him because he did such a great job. But this second year, he loses half of your money with him invested. So your 20000 gets cut in half back down to your original $10,000. Now, this is two years of time here. Your 10,000 went up to 20 and came back down to 10. Do you feel any wealthier as a result? No. More stress. No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, just more stress. <laughs> now, the average return of what we just uh, experimented with there was 25%. 100 minus 50 divided by 2 years is an average return of 25%. And he can advertise that he got you 25%, but do you feel any wealthier? No. no. The only one who got paid there in that example was his fee, and yet he would like you to know that 25% rate of return, any, any kind of chasing of any other goal, is erroneous and a waste of your time. I disagree. I am not your average financial planner. I don't believe in averages. You're not average. Your returns aren't average. There's no such thing as an average. There's only your real return. Your real return in that math example was zero. SEC guidelines allows people to advertise an average return. I think it's, you know, hogwash. So what's more important than a rate of return for a financial planner? I sound like I'm I'm a heretic for even saying this, but there are more important things out there than rates of return. What's more important? How you make your major purchases. How you make your major purchases. There's only a few ways to make a major purchase like college. You can finance it with student loans and other private debt and other things, federal debt. That's one option. You can save, 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 and then pay cash for it. Whether it's in a savings account or a 529 plan or whatever, it's saving up and paying cash. Those are the two major ways to make college a reality for most folks, besides, of course, scholarships and grants. And what's the problem with those? Well, we already see the problem with, you know, debts. Student loan debts are now in the trillions. But saving up and paying cash for a college education or a car or a business or a real estate deal, that has its problems, too. People think it's the gold standard to make a cash purchase for things, but let's think about that for a minute. When I saved money in my savings account, what was I getting? I was getting less than 1% return for that money. That's fine. That's at least something. But when I spend money out of my savings account, what do I do? I withdraw the money out, and I go pay cash for the car or the college or whatever. How much interest, Sherry, at that point, once I've taken it out of my bank account, how much interest am I now earning on money I spent? Zero. Zero. Zero, right? Zero. Yeah, exactly. And I can only start to earn interest again slowly as I put new money into that savings vehicle, whether it's a brokerage account or a savings account or a 401k. The problem is the same. I I lose compound growth when I spend money. This is a absolute devastation to folks' financial plans. Just think about your cars for a minute. If you bought over your lifetime, the average American buys about 10 cars over their lifetime. And if that car is averaging a price of $30,000, that's $300,000 just for stinking cars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but that's not the real cost of the car, is it? Because what could that $300,000 might have grown to had we not bought the cars and just invested that money instead? It'd be millions over our lifetime. So that's the true cost of paying cash. So we finance everything we buy. And this was the wake-up call of my young adult life and why I stopped paying my student loans off the old-fashioned way. Either I paid a banker for my debt, and now banker is in control of my life and my interest rates and my repayment plans. It felt like a noose around my neck. I jokingly told my wife that I married two women in college, my beautiful bride, and I married Sally May with all that debt. I brought to the marriage. Mm -hmm. That's the first problem is to pay, you know, to use a banker. But the other problem is I can finance everything either through a bank or by saving up and paying cash. How do you finance when you pay cash? Well, you finance everything when you pay cash because you're passing up interest you could have earned on that money had you not bought that car or that college education. So you've actually stolen from your future self when you save up and pay cash because you've broken compound growth that million dollars that you might have had for your cars is no longer there and that future you no longer has that million dollars or more to to enjoy in your later years so what's the only other way to do it well it's becoming your own banker becoming the bank to use the same leverage features that banks use and have used for thousands of years and use it in house to bring the function of banking back to the you and me level. So this is not just, you know, a woo-woo mindset shift. There are practical, strategic and, you know, time-tested financial vehicles that allow us to act like a bank with our own money and pay ourselves the interest we would have paid Sally Mae or, you know, Lexus Finance or any of these other banksters out there. And it's called bank on yourself and it's one of the tools we specialize in at our firm.
1: But if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how would they find you?
0: Well, thank you. And my apologies. Uh, most of the time, I'm doing more listening than talking when I'm meeting with clients. I, I promise you that. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate this opportunity to speak and would love to come back for a part two. You can find us at kickstartwithmark.com. You can become your own source of financing and fire your banker at kickstartwithmark, with kickstartwithmark.com.
1: I really appreciate you spending time with me today. I want to wish you a happy holiday thank you for sharing with me today
0: and thank you for the opportunity sharing
1: i want to thank everyone for tuning in to the sherry hill show where business is amplified
0: the sherry hill show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country small business the backbone of america tune in next week same time same station for the sherry hill show